Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. In the Bible, you'll find some groups identified as being a little bit, I won't say special in God's eyes, but God noticing how we treat them. He really does notice how we treat the widows that are indeed widows orphans, strangers, uh, because you may be entertaining an angel uh, when you're entertaining a stranger and you don't even know it. So God really does place a premium on serving others. Uh, and that's we want to talk about that today on Exploring Missions. This is Bert Harper along with our co-host, Nathan Harper. And yes, we are related, father and son. And uh, we, we enjoy working and sharing, especially concerning missions together. And we're following up. Uh, last week, we had as our guest, Maurice Singh, looking under Jesus Ministries. And he's agreed to stay with us. Uh, this time, and talk about a little different avenue, although they'll cross over. Last week, Nathan, we talked about the persecution that's going on in India, and Maurice shared with us the need of prayer, which we ask people to pray for, but letting them know that they're not alone, we're standing with them. Uh, Man, it's great to know that you've got others that are are with you and, and they're they're pulling for you. Yeah, it's it's, it's good to be seen. You know that uh, knowing that you're not alone and you're noticed and you're important enough to be prayed over, um, and that someone is uh, with you in spirit. You know um, that they might not be physically in your presence, but through God's spirit, they they're with you in a, in a way uh, that um, you know we're with one another. Um, in unity and in God's love um, and just, you know, in the name of Jesus. And so um, communicating that sometimes is not easy. You know, not all of us have direct communication with someone on the other side of the world who might be experiencing difficulty or maybe serving the Lord in a in a hard place. Um, but I think um, if we can do our best to try to make those connections— I think uh, that will that will go. Uh, I don't know. It means a lot to people. I agree. Now we're we've been praying, and we want you to continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in India. And I want to give you an example of them praying for us. Uh, in 2020, uh, my wife and I both uh, came with a virus, and it came out on you know that it it uh, got mentioned Facebook, and we got a note all the way from India from someone named Helen. Telling Jan, my wife, we are we are praying for you and your husband, and um, that humbles me to know that Helen and Hannah Singh was praying for Jan and myself. Yeah, and I know what it did for me, and it wasn't persecution; it was just illness, uh, and it wasn't a severe illness, 
but it could have been, and they were praying and standing with us. I use that as an illustration of why we, and as you said, as best we can, connect with them, pray for them, but connect with them to let them know we're praying for them. Maurice Singh, welcome. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. And it's good to have you back. And again, Maurice has been with us on Exploring Missions. He's one of our favorite guests, and we love to have him. Uh, He loves the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, he he married, let's let's put it this way, he married up uh, (laughs) like you and I did, Nathan. Uh, His wife worked here at American Family Association. She is a writer. She still writes for for. It's called the Stand now, and uh, so we appreciate Stacy so much. Got a little daughter and a son on the way. Uh, see, when I mentioned that, did you see his oh, yeah. face automatically just uh, <laughs> yeah, light up? That's right. So uh, that, but this is Maurice, and we do thank you for staying with us for another program, Maurice. Thank you. And last last weekend, we talked a lot about the persecution, but we want to turn it a little bit and talk about the ministry looking unto Jesus has had for years, continues to have, even in your absence because of the modern technology, you're still able to minister, aren't you? Yes. Uh, one of the things that uh, my parents focused on when they started the ministry and over the last uh, 40 years is that People often used to ask, you know, your ministry is growing so much. What if something happened to your family today and your whole family was wiped out? And that question really lingered on the heart and mind of my parents. And one of the things that they have done and we continue to do for the last 45 years is to create leaders to continue that torch even if my family is there or not, uh, we have uh, leaders that will continue that. And a lot of these leaders are children that we have rescued from the streets. When we rescue them from the streets, we treat, we love on them, and we they're in our home. They're a part of the family, and they're part of the responsibilities of the ministry, just like it was when I grew up. And so they grow up thinking the ministry is theirs. And so they grow up with that burden. And uh, the last two years has been a fruition of that for us. It is almost like God has kept us here and he is showing us how he can continue to do what he has been doing. And it is through those children that we have rescued on the streets. Nathan, that sounds like what Paul said to Timothy. What was that? Teach. I teach you. You teach faithful faithful men. men, And they teach others. Yeah. If I count that right, four? Yeah. Four generations? Yeah, generational discipleship. And it's also a picture of just what a missionary um, in any field uh, is called to do um, of making disciples who make disciples, and they continue making disciples. And there's really a sort of a four-step process uh, in, in that, in disciple-making. First, uh, you model. Uh, so it's like if I'm making a disciple, I will model, I will do something, what Jesus told, told me to do, and someone watches, right? So I, I do and you watch. Um, 
And then you move on from model to assist. And so I continue doing what Jesus told me to do, but you you help me. You you start doing some of it yourself. And then the next one is is watch, and you you switch places. They start doing what Jesus told them to do, and I watch and I help them. And then finally, you get to uh, leave and and you launch. So you know I will leave and find someone else to disciple, and they will launch out and find someone to disciple, and it was multiplied that way. Uh, and so it sounds exactly what you guys, you know, are, are doing there. Well, tell us a little bit. The children that you talked about having trained, are you still able to do it? Or is, is, is children still being cared for? Absolutely. Uh, one of the be- beautiful things that has happened with what I just mentioned is we have children that have graduated from our home that came back to our home once this pandemic started because a lot of them uh, don't have a family. We're their family. Mm. So they came back back to our home, and with the lockdowns and everything, our home has been their home. And a lot of them are grown-up adults. Some of them married and have children. And they are uh, taking care of the children's home just exactly the way we did, (laughs) in some ways better, because they grew up there. They know every tiny detail. And so uh, our greatest asset is not staffing, is not a third-party person. Our greatest asset is children that have grown in our own home. And uh, we have several of them. Some of them are actually working full-time jobs outside, but these children take turns. They've created a schedule for themselves, and and they take care of the children's home, every detail of it. And these children are continue, uh, uh, they're continuing, and they're taking care of them, and uh, they are teaching, they're teaching them the Word of God, and uh, they are... It is even more powerful because it is their testimony that enriches the younger children that are growing up right now. And God has used this to make a beautiful picture for us to watch, even for us to watch from this side of the world to see what he can do. And uh, these children are taking care of it. And a lot of... the boys that graduated from our home are also pastors. And so they are going to communities that are most in need. Uh, in fact, the motive of the goal of our ministry is to reach unreached communities in India. Uh, and so we go seeking communities that have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. And w- we work with a lot of tribal communities, gypsy communities. Uh, that do various things. One of the biggest community that we're currently working with is a snake-catching community. They go into the jungle and catch these poisonous snakes and collect venom from these snakes. And these uh, pharmaceutical companies will come and buy it from them for a very, very cheap price, but in turn use it for an expensive medicine uh, but one of the things that has hap- that is happening with these communities is a lot of men are dying in the process of catching these snakes. And so a lot of children are orphaned and a lot of women are in need. And sometimes outside tribes and communities will take advantage of that. So we, uh, a couple years ago, 
one of our pastor took the gospel to this community and they have responded in an enormous way. Almost the whole community has come to Christ. But we need to minister to them on a word-to-word basis, literally, because uh, their language is a mixture of several languages, and so they don't have a Bible in their own language. So it is our pastors that have to teach them word-by-word, literally, on a daily basis, and a lot of them are growing in Christ, and a lot of them are coming to Christ. And so we are very, very excited about what God is doing with this community uh, especially. And uh, they are helping us to connect with other tribal communities that are isolated in jungles. And so uh, I'm very excited that God has been using these times to uh, reach these communities. And there's one last thing I will mention. I told you that a lot of these people go and collect venom of snakes uh, for medicine purpose, medical research. But at the same time, the sad thing is many times these medical companies also use these communities as guinea pigs. Uh, one of the things that has happened ever since the pandemic started is a lot of research for the virus itself is being done directly on these kinds of communities. And uh, as a result, a lot of them have died. And uh, so one of the things that has happened is a lot of them are hiding in jungles right now because they don't want to be found by these companies and agencies that will experiment medications on them. And a lot of them are hiding, and it is our pastors. We give them the food, and they carry food into the jungle, knowing where they're hiding, and they, prov- they take care of them. And so this has given us a huge avenue for ministry within the jungles where people are hiding we we are providing food, and through that food, our pastors are also using the opportunity to tell them about Jesus Christ. Nathan, <laughs> mm. this sounds a lot like the New Testament in the book of Acts, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. I mean, it sounds like looking under Jesus' ministries, and you said over 40 years ago it was begun. If I remember right, your mom teaching children under a tree and— you know, rescuing kids from the street, finding them a home. Um, but it's grown way beyond that. Um, how much of this was envisioned so long ago? Or how much of it is more just God leading you step by step and showing you the next next avenue? Well, <laughs> I don't think my mom expected it to be where it is today when she was under the tree. She was just a college student. And she just had a passion for children that were starving on the streets. Um, But uh, it has been a step-by-step growth of the ministry. And uh, my parents never had a huge uh, ambition uh, with ministry to say, we're going to be so big or we're going to have this many churches or uh, reach a mass of people, uh, they just dealt with it day by day. Whoever God brought across uh, in their life on that day, 
they would make sure, they would try to find an opportunity to tell that person about Jesus. And uh, that is something I grew up watching how creative they were, because even to a street vendor that would come selling vegetable, my mom or my dad would find a creative way to somehow turn around that conversation while they're buying vegetables on the street to tell them about Jesus. And so it, it is one person at a time that God brings our way. And that's how we have and continue to do even till today. And that's the approach I take. But as I grew up, one of the areas that God burdened me was to reach the high caste communities in India. Uh, because there are many ministries in India that reach to the low caste and the downtrodden, and we continue to do that. But it almost seems like the Christian ministries almost distance themselves from high caste communities out of fear because of their status or education or financial power. But I grew up thinking the Word of God is not inferior, no matter who it is, no matter what caste it is. And so God gave me a burden to spread that vision into the high caste communities as well. And that's how, and I, pr- I kept praying over for several years that God would open that door. And he did through helping me lead one Hindu priest to Christ about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it has been a domino effect since then. Through that one Hindu priest, we had 22 other Hindu priests that started gathering for an underground Bible study. And that has had a domino effect with the high caste communities where a lot of these Hindu priests going back to their own communities with the Bible and teaching them the Bible. And now... Our ministry, I think, has a good balance where we not only minister to the low-caste communities, but also God is using these high-caste communities to actually amplify the spread of the gospel. And uh, so it is a day-by-day vision. And even for me, as I continue the ministry uh, with my mom, uh, my vision is to take the good news of Jesus Christ to that one person that has never heard about Jesus, and God continues to open the door. You're listening to Exploring Missions here on AFR, and our guest today is Maurice Singh, looking unto Jesus' ministries, and we are talking about their ministry uh, to those that are orphans, uh, to to feeding them, helping clothe them, to, uh, to educate them, to share Christ with them. And it's made a difference, even to the point now that the generation that was uh, came into the homes now are ministering and and carrying it out, even with the Singh being here in America, unable to go back because of different reasons. But we talked about that, how God, even in the pandemic, has God has shown Himself strong for protection, but also raising up others, hasn't He? I mean. God, you know, God didn't say when the pandemic came along, oh, what am I going to do now? He didn't say that, did he, Maurice? No, absolutely not. I think nothing takes him by surprise. <laughs> uh, but it has been uh, a time where God, uh, true Christians have stood up during these times. 
And uh, as a ministry, we continue to see the real fruit that, of labor that uh, has been put in over the years. And the church is getting bolder. Uh, I know the last time I spoke about the persecution in India, but one of the biggest encouraging things for me has been how Christians have responded. Uh, you know, I think... Oftentimes, uh, people think uh, when you face an opposing force, uh, your only response is to fight back. But it has been incredible how Christians have responded in India. Uh, one of the things that has happened is the church has united uh, is despite denomination or different kinds of ministry. The church has united in India. Uh, the more... They seem to persecute Christians. The more Christians seem to be uniting in India. And that is such a joy for me to watch. And as a result of that, Christians are protesting in mass on the streets in India, claiming their democratic rights in India, because technically India is a democratic country. And you can go on YouTube and you will find it. You will find videos of Christians. Thousands of Christians on the street, they're not fighting, they're not rioting, they're not doing any violence. They, you'll find thousands of Christians singing hymns <laughs> and just protesting. They walk up to the local government office, they sit in front of the government offices, they sing Christian songs, thousands of people and Christian leaders uh, speaking to the officials and government leaders and saying, we're not going to respond with violence like you have, but this is our response. And it has been such a joy to watch it, to know. And I think the government used persecution as a scare tactic, but what the Christian community has done in a peaceful manner has scared the government even more because they have seen such a movement that has created an international response. Even celebrities like movie stars and other people in India have been moved by what Christians have done in response. And they have started voicing against the government saying, look at them, how peaceful they are. Why do you want to hurt the church? And so it has been a joy in the midst of all of this to watch what God is doing through the Christian community. I'm reminded of a story uh, a few years ago, got to visit Poland and went to uh, Krakow, and that's where Auschwitz was, close by. And uh, But anyway, Pope John Paul II was the cardinal from Krakow. He was elected the pope, and uh, he, of course, he went to the Vatican City, but he returned, and when he did, he came to Krakow, and there's this huge, huge... Uh, here we'd call it a field, and people gathered on the streets, and then they gathered in the field to see him and hear him. And so they were a communist country, completely controlled by communism. So uh, the pope got up there, and he has the staff that he chose the staff with a cross on it at the top, and they sang a hymn, uh, a, a Polish hymn about standing with the cross, and two and a half million Polish people gathered, and they started looking 
at the number of the communist country, uh, you know, keep it, and they started saying, there's more of us than there are them. <laughs> and it caused this revolution. It wasn't hideous and horrible. It's, like you said, peaceful. And it changed things. And uh, I, I got to visit Poland, and it was so refreshing to catch this freedom. I've talked to you yeah. about it before, this first-generation freedom that they had had. And it was the power of people. Yes, like you said, all of a sudden, the nominations and all that differences doesn't make that big a difference when you're being persecuted, does it? Absolutely I mean, not. Uh, we've talked about the different groups there. And now they're standing together. Absolutely, yes. It has been a joy to watch that and uh, the peaceful way. In fact, as you were talking about the hymn, it reminded me uh, one of the groups near the orphanage where we have, uh, there were 5,000 people that gathered in that small village in front of the government office. And they were singing the song in our language goes like Santosha Hukate, which means... There is a joy swelling in me that doesn't come from this world. And they were singing this song, clapping in front of the government office about how they are happy. Mm-hmm. And the government officials, in, in a lot of these videos, it is amazing to watch. They don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a witness, you know, of, uh, of the gospel. That is the gospel that, that changes things. And... Um, you know, as we get close to uh, the end of our, our time together, is there a way that our listeners might can connect with, uh, with you, with uh, Look Unto Jesus Ministries, um, how they can pray, how they can share with you that they're praying, uh, and maybe other, even other ways of, of being involved? Sure. Uh, well, with the recent events, uh, one of the things uh, I will not do is give a direct connection, but we have partnered with an organization in the United States Uh, It is called Global Outreach International, and uh, you may find them online at globaloutreach.org. And uh, if you look us up there, you will be able to find information about us, or you can contact them, and they will uh, connect you with us through there. And it is amazing to be connected to this ministry, uh, Global Outreach, and I would also say the Sing ministry that they have. it's been a blessing uh, for us to be a always. part, always. And and Maurice, we're we're going to continue to to pray, and we'll probably continue to contact you to get updates because uh, sure. I, I just God's these people that are living for Christ under difficult situations with joy. Yeah, there that's joy unspeakable and full of glory, isn't it? It is. And one one last thought as we get ready to close, just to. Remember that India, you know, has the largest uh, group of unreached people groups still in the world, uh, and so the gospel. There's a lot of work still to do. Absolutely, uh, for the for the church in India and the church around the world to to see how uh, uh, these people can can hear the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, even for the very first time. So we're going to pray for the pastors there. Some, according to last time, we they're dying. For their faith. Yes. And then the, or, the children are still ministering and people are ministering to them. Yes. So we want to keep praying for that. Maurice, thank you for being with us. Thank you for the work you do and the joy that you bring to the Exploring Missions when you come. 
to see the joy that God has placed in your heart. Thank you so much for having me. Nathan, it's been good to be with you again. And uh, we are asking you that are listening, be involved in missions, whether it's at home or around the world, and it's time to share your news, the good news, with others. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions.